Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the Earn Your Good Day podcast, where we have a fundamental belief that people are stronger, more resilient, and far more capable of what they believe in or are even told is possible. I'm your host, the man, the myth, the legend, your boy, the one and only, Zach Kanadi. What's going on, y'all? I hope you're having a great day, a great holiday season, getting to spend time with family, maybe taking a little R&R from work, um, and, you know, just enjoying the season that we are in right now. But before we dive into today's episode, I have a quick ask for y'all, and that is simply that if you find any value out of today, or if it makes you think something different, gives you a different perspective, or you think is useful... I ask that you implement it into your everyday life. And if you know somebody who you think that this would help their lives, that if they implemented it, it would be beneficial for their lives, excuse me, I ask that you share it with them as well. This is the whole reason for the podcast is to spread information that I have found useful for myself. And I want to give it to y'all so that you can have better lives. Because uh, I think that's the whole goal. And there's a lot of there's a lot of negativity going around. There's a lot of desperation and, you know, things always seem to begin negative. There's always another catastrophe just on the horizon that we got to prepare for. And there's not a lot of people talking about, you know, what to actually do to, you know, make your life better, prepare for those catastrophes. And honestly, man, just like how to deal with all the bullshit. And I think today's episode is going to do that. Speaking of, we are talking about purpose and finding it uh so today i'm gonna tell you guys what it is and i tell you guys a little story about how i kind of confirmed that i had an experience the last uh week uh with a couple patients at the hospital that really put in set in stone that i'm on the right path in my own life and uh i feel extremely blessed with that and so i want to kind of talk to you guys about purpose and you know help you figure out a way to find your own and then how do you know if you found it? And then I was like, as always, I got a call to action for y'all. And of course, a recipe so we can take control of our own lives and help with our nutrition to help ourselves earn a good day. So let's get right into it. Uh, what is purpose, right? Like it's kind of this mystical thing that, you know, some people have and you see them. They got just this whole different type of energy, this drive, and they are just going crazy you know like they're working crazy hard they're being successful and like everything i do is driven by my purpose yeah 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 i wake up every day i deal with the bullshit every day yeah yeah it's all purpose 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 if you want to be like me you got to have a purpose and succeed your purpose and your why's gotta be bigger than all the bullshit you're gonna face and uh if you're anything like me these guys are filled with such vigor and such zeal and you know, they're just so crazy enthusiastic about life that it's it's infectious. And I want a piece of that, right? Like, I want that energy. And I do recognize, you know, some of that is just they're trying to let you know they're in a podcast. They got to put it up. But I really do look at what these people have built. And it's like, all right, there's no way you built something this big <clears throat> without a big purpose or a big reason why, right? And it's like, so... 
how do I know what mine is and how do I leverage my purpose to build something like that, right? Because I want to have a big dream. I want to be making tens of millions of dollars a year and I want to be impacting lots of people. You know, I want to make the world a better place. I got no idea how to do that yet. Uh, I know what I can do today and part of that is learn so I can do better tomorrow. So what is purpose to begin with, right? And I looked it up, and the first thing on Google, it is the reason something is done, created, or why it exists. And the secondary definition would be um, have as one's intention or objective. And I really like the, the intention or objective aspect of it. And the first one, also like the reason, like that word reason, I think, encompasses purpose a lot and what i kind of view purpose is it's it's your why right like why do you get up in the morning why are you here why are you going to work right like why are you trying to make a difference why are you trying to help your make your life better and this is uh but i think purpose is a little bit more than just the why it is also the also the modality that you're doing that through right so there's a lot of people who do like mission work for the church or they do humanitarian work um, or they really want to help people, right? Like people get into medicine so that they can help people get healthier, right? People get into therapy so they can help them overcome their trauma, all these different things, right? Like it's you ask them and they, well, you know their purpose because when you ask them the question, why do you do this? And I think a really good one just to like kind of ask ourselves is, you know, what would we do if we were, if we didn't need to get paid for something, right? Like if money was no object, your financial life was totally taken care of, what would you spend your day doing? And I don't think you can say like just chilling on a beach because let's be honest, as great as that is, you're going to get bored after a while and you're going to want something to do. So what's the reason you were placed here on this planet, right? And it can definitely, like, I do think it can change, right? So, like, if you have one and you have a reason now and you go out and you attack that reason and, you know, in, like, 10 years you find out that, you know, I'm in a different spot of life and I feel like I'm seeing a new problem or a new, like, area that I can benefit the world in, I'm going to go attack this area. Like, your purpose can change. I don't think it necessarily has to stay the exact same your entire life you know most of us our purpose is accomplished through our work although not always um if you can make it your business and like your job i think that's probably the ideal situation but it doesn't have to be that way sometimes it's just volunteering or what you do in your free time but you know if you're if your purpose is something where you're accomplishing a goal which i think everybody's is eventually you might get to a point where You've accomplished that goal to a certain extent where now you actually need to shift it. You know, it now the problem lies in a different arena. Or maybe you totally solved it or you totally accomplished your purpose. Like for a lot of people, their whole purpose is going to college. They can get a degree. What do you do after you get that degree? You know, your purpose in life now has to change. I think this is a big struggle with military personnel. They have a really strong purpose when they're deployed and when they're active duty. You know, it's, I'm a soldier. Excuse me. I'm a soldier. I'm going to war. I'm 
beating this enemy. You know, I'm helping my fellow soldiers do our job. And then they discharge another civilian and they're like, well, what do I do with my life? You know, what am I supposed to do with all my free time? Am I, you know, am I supposed to go get like a corporate job? I never went to college. Uh, am I supposed to just sit home, take care of my family? Like, what is my reason for existing? I think this is probably the root also of, uh, you know, why a lot of veterans have issues when they come home. It's because they don't have a, a reason for them to get up in the morning. I think this is a big part of depression. Uh, you know, like if you don't have a driving force behind you getting up and attacking the day, the world is a very depressing place, right? Like now we got cold and flu season. Everybody's always talking about COVID still. We got the war in Ukraine, not to mention the financial crisis. Like inflation is, you know, 20% on everything. I mean, heck, I just bought eggs that for the five dozen used to be $6 a year ago. And now is $17. Like that's almost three times the price in just a year. Like it is ridiculous how many negative things there are in the world right now i think our purpose can be a big reason why we're able to face those you know if humans can go through an immense amount of pain and suffering if there is a a driving reason for them to endure it you know the bible talks about this a lot is be joyous when you suffer if it's in the name of jesus christ and it's <clears throat> it's essentially like Christians have this hope that we will end up in heaven with God and the Creator Almighty and everything will be great so that we can suffer now knowing that our suffering is, you know, like it's going to lead to the kingdom of Christ, right? It's going to lead to the kingdom of God and it's going to lead us to heaven so we can be joyous in our suffering because we have a driving force. We have a purpose to it. We have hope, right, at the end of the day. And I want to share with you guys <clears throat> a story that really cemented in me uh, that hope and that I am, like, I really have discovered what I believe is my purpose in life. And it's, so I was in the hospital and I, every day I pretty much go in and, you know, I screen all the patients in the hospital, like who needs consults. And then my boss tells me, you know, here's three to five of them for you to go see, you know, do your research on them chart you know go see them give them any education they need come back and then you chart on them and so it started off as any other day you know, i was going in and i had about four patients that in but i had two of them in particular uh that really made impact and i've been in the hospital for like eight weeks now and it's six, yeah eight weeks and it's just out of those eight weeks these two patients really made an impact on me and i think the the underlying thing for me was two parts one i was able to share their burden with them for a moment so that they didn't feel quite so alone and two the information that i have was able to give them a sense of hope in their situations and both of these honestly were really horrible to go like witness because it, it was just really depressing both of them were horribly sick um one of the patients that just suffered had just gone through their second heart attack and the other patient uh, had a bunch of 
non-healing wounds covering her leg and i she was getting wound care which is extremely painful um while i'm giving her education i just i was essentially her distraction to her pain uh yet also once it was all done i was able to give her a sense of hope because you know if she followed what i was the information i was giving her she wasn't going to have to have those non-healing wounds like she could actually help her body heal herself and then she wouldn't have to have wound care poking and prodding in her raw open wounds to clean them out so the first gentleman uh was going he just he had a second heart attack and every time i go in and you know ask patient you know how they're doing how they're eating and you know what their situation this particular guy he 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 was had a heart attack but i was consulted because he had uncontrolled diabetes and in diabetes we have two main metrics we look at one is your blood glucose level so how much sugar is in your blood and then two is your hemoglobin a1c and this is what it's actually measuring is what percentage of your hemoglobin which is the molecule that carries oxygen in your red blood cells to all the other cells in your body right what percent of that is glycosylated basically is has sugar attached to it and it shouldn't uh, normally, <clears throat> a healthy person who does not have diabetes is at 5.7% or less. Once you have diabetes, we want you to stay below 7%. Okay? And essentially, the reason is is because if you're diabetic, you have a very hard time controlling your blood sugar in general. That's literally what diabetes is. It's the inability to do so. And But if we can keep your A1C below that seven percent your risk for other uh health injuries namely uh neuropathy so nerve damage uh retinopathy so eye damage you can get diabetic blindness you can get kidney damage from it lots of people have uh nerve damage so lots of diabetics have uh non-healing ulcers on their feet or they have to get amputations i had i've had several clients who did not follow their medical treatment recommendations and are losing their entire foot or limbs or their lower half of their leg because the their veins and their nerves have died to such a degree in that area that the tissue is dying and it's now become necrotic which means it's become infected and the only way to save it is to actually to save the person is to chop off that appendage so that the infection doesn't spread to the rest of their body and kill them um, so it's like it's really horrible stuff if you don't get it under control. And this guy's A1C was almost off the charts. And so I told you a normal is 7% for a diabetic. His was above 14%, which is really, really high. It's double what it should be. And like most diabetes, we get consulted at 8%, right? And then the cutoff for diabetes is 7%. And I will automatically get consulted, show up in your room if you are above, at 8% or above. And this guy is above 14%. So you can tell like he's super uncontrolled diabetes, which means he is at a huge risk for not only heart damage, but kidney damage, uh, eye damage, nerve damage, like all the massive systems. And I'm talking to this guy and, you know, I asked him, I was like, so like, have you had any education before and 
you know, do you know what you're supposed to do when you have diabetes? And he's like, you know, man, like, yeah, I know what I'm supposed to do. He's like, but man, like, sometimes I just, I just, I just really don't want to do it. You know, like, I just don't feel like following my diet. Like, I want to have, I want to have some cake, you know, like, or I want to, I want to have a, an extra beer. You know, like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And sometimes I just don't want to follow it. And I was like, I get that, you know, like it, it can be a pretty restrictive diet, depending especially on, you know, how severe it is and if you're on insulin or not. Um, especially if you're uncontrolled, you have to be really strict for a long time to get it back under control because um, it takes about three months for your HbA1c to change. But, you know, I was asking, I was like, sir, like what's going to happen if you don't change? You know, and this got him thinking because he just had a second heart attack. And now, mind you, also this gentleman's the same age as my my own dad. He's seventy five. He's not seventy five. Huh? He's fifty five, and they're built kind of similar. You know, and he's he just wants to be there for his family. You know, he's not really too concerned about his health, or he wasn't. You know, he just wants to do his job and be there for his family forever. And I just tell this guy, I said. Sir, do you really think you're going to survive if you have to go through a third heart attack? Like, do you think you'll live a third one? Because he just, he, I didn't say this, but they had to recess, they had to restart his heart in the emergency department before he got admitted. Because he had a heart attack and they had to restart his heart. His heart stopped. And so he'd already quite literally died. And... This guy's like, he starts like going over and he was already like pretty high strung when I walked in the room, but you know, and I had to ask him because he, this is the question. Like if he doesn't follow his, you know, medical recommendations, like he will die. Like there's no doubt about it. Cause he, him not following it is what got him here. And that's the horrible thing. Like it is horrible to know that you're the source of your own suffering. That's a horrible fate and reality to confront. But if you don't confront it, you're living in ignorance. And that means it's going to strike again. And so I, did, I literally had to ask this guy, I was like, if you don't change, do you think you're going to live to see your son get married and have grandchildren? Do you think you're going to live to walk your daughter down the aisle? Right? He started telling me about his son who's 22 years old, just graduated from basic training in the Marine Corps, top of his class, and now he's a mechanic out in Pendleton, and he's doing great you know he's only been in been in for like a year and he's already getting advancement promotions you know he's super proud of his son i said sir do you want to have your son do you want to be able to see your son progress in the marine corps you know like do you want to be able to see this and he's he's freaking out and like I, I feel terrible but i have to ask this guy i have to ask because this is reality and he has to know and he's like no man he's like i'm not ready to die He's like, I'm not ready to die. He's like, I got so much more to live for. He's like, I got grandbabies to see. I got, you know, I got t family to take care of. I got kids to see grow up. I got a daughter to walk down the aisle. And he starts giving me all these reasons. I said, you can change all of this if you start taking action today. So if you start following your diet, 
that you're supposed to. If you start taking your meds, how you're supposed to, as the prescription says. And if you start moving your body a little bit, I said, sir, there's a very good chance that if you do all of this and you stick to it, that you will never have a heart attack again. And that we can actually get your diabetes under control. That we can get your heart failure under control. That we can protect your heart from having another one. Because there's lots of people who have done that. And this man's now had a purpose to do all of this. Because doing it for himself was not big enough. Right? Doing it for himself was not enough. He didn't have a reason to do it. He's like, yeah, I'm just here for it. Like, I, I'm not that important. You know, like, I got, I got to do other things to take care of my family. And now he is literally being confronted with the reality that if he does not take care of himself, he will not be around to take care of his family. He will die if he does not take care of himself. And, you know, so I gave him the education and I walked out of the room and he'd gone from contemplating death, realizing that if he doesn't change, he will die, to having a little bit of hope. And I just walked out of the room and I was like, I felt good because he was really receptive to it. And I felt that like I actually had the information that could help save this man's life. And that's like a real powerful thing, man. And honestly, like, I don't really enjoy working in the hospital that much. Like, I enjoy what I learn, and I enjoy getting to interact with patients, but I don't enjoy being in the hospital because, frankly, most days I don't feel like I make a difference. I don't feel like my presence is actually helping patients. Be And it's not that I don't have valuable information. It's that patients are so overwhelmed with everything that's going in there, or they're so out of it, that they aren't going to remember what I say. Or they A, they're so uncomfortable, they don't want me to be there. You know, and I walked out like, I was really kind of, I had a heavy heart because this guy, he was contemplating death. You know, and like, I could feel the anxiety and the stress that was in his heart contemplating that. But I also walked out feeling really, really good because I knew I'd given him some valuable information that could save his life, literally save his life. There could be a father there to walk his daughter down the aisle and to see and play with his grandbabies soon. There is a man who might live to see his grandbabies. There's going to be grandkids that can see their grandpa, and they're going to have all the great adventures that he's going to be able to do, right? He's going to give them way too many cookies. They're going to go to the zoo. They're going to play. He's going to give them rocket ship. And they're just going to want to sit and be with their grandpa because he's their grandpa. And it felt really good to be able to give that information to him. And then my next patient uh, actually wasn't there. They were out getting a test. So I moved on to my third patient. And I go in and normally, you know, I knock on the door. And normally I, I don't go in if there's other, you know, healthcare professionals in there, whether it be nurses, doctors, pharmacists, other specialists, because uh, they have a job to do. And me being in there is just going to distract the patient and it's going to make them feel pressured. And I want the patient to get the highest level of care that they can because a lot of these people are very, very sick and they need a lot of care and they need to know why things are going on because if they know the why, they can be take better action to prevent it anyway so wound care i knock on the door and wound care is in this lady's room and she's in there for she got admitted for diabetes um 
but she has heart failure and heart disease and that's her pressing problem so that's what I go and consult her for and so we're talking and wound care is in there and you know I walk in and I knew she had non-healing wounds uh, due to her chart just looking up all her information but I didn't quite realize how many and I look at her legs and they're just covered in bandages and gauze and you know medical tape and you can see where it's got pus coming through uh you know the, the sizes of you know some of them are the size of peas other ones are the size of quarters and nickels you know and some of them are just are just cuts across she had probably like four to six of them on her lower leg she had one behind her knee uh and then she had her entire big toe and the ball of her foot was covered in tape and wound care was in there just to change her dressings just to change her bandages because you know obviously they need to so it stays clean and hopefully uh it doesn't get infected and it can go in there and the sad part is is a lot of these people who have these non-healing ulcers are diabetic and they also have peripheral neuropathy which means they can't actually feel them on the surface so they don't have feeling in their skin and there's a lot of diabetics who will get you know they'll get like a rock in their shoe and they won't feel it and then they'll get a cut on their excuse me on their foot but they won't notice it you know unless they take their sock off and they notice that there's a blood stain and so then what happens is they get these cuts and because they have peripheral nerve damage they also almost always have peripheral vascular damage which means they can't get the right signals and the right nutrients to that area to heal the wound and since they can't feel it and they so they don't know they're wounded they keep walking on it right and so they're walking on this wound and it just gets bigger and bigger and it doesn't ever heal so anytime there's a scab that forms you know, and then they walk on it well then it cracks and then the wound reopens and then and then just doesn't ever go away you know and so then now it becomes a very big deal and if it gets bad enough it can become necrotic which means it's literally rotting it means the flesh is going to turn black the flesh is dead uh and the worst case scenario i actually saw a patient and where he had two of them on the bottom of his foot and one on top and the ones on the bottom had tunneled all the way through his foot to the top of his foot and he was going to have to get amputated He's going to have to get his foot amputated because his his health was in such poor condition that his skin, his tissue had literally begun to rot. His, his body was so damaged from not being taken care of that his tissue was beginning to rot. And so I'm walking in and I see this lady and wound cares. At this point, they're just removing the gauze and the coverings from all her wounds and she's just wincing a little bit. You can tell that these are deep wounds and i tried not to stare too much because just it's just disrespectful you know and i'm not there to do that wound care is there to do that i'm here to educate her on heart failure and heart healthy nutrition that's that's my job and she said she's ready ready to hear it so i start talking to her you know and i start giving their education we're talking about salt and sodium and that you know and healthy fats and that if we do this we're actually going to clean out our heart vests our blood vessels and it's not only going to protect your heart but it's also going to help for the rest of the rest of your body like i was like 
you know, it, it can actually help you heal up some of your ulcers here on your legs, some of your wounds that won't heal. It's because, you know, our blood flow is too poor. So not only do you have damage in your legs from your nerves and blood vessels, but like your heart is damaged and it's weak because it's having to work so hard. And so we're just not getting the blood flow and that's why they're not healing. And as I'm talking to this lady, wound care is cleaning out her wounds and they take these little like Q-tips and they have to clean out the wound and while her skin is numb the wounds go below the skin they go into the dermis which is the like where you start getting into the fat and the muscle and so you have a lot of nerves there and i'm talking to this lady and she's wincing and yelping on pain and there's one part where they take off the the tape for big toe and her her the ball of her foot and she's the wound care is cleaning that and the lady just yelps out in pain and to the point where when she turns back to me she's actually on the verge of tears her eyes are watering and I, I just have to sit there and I have to keep going because she needs this information so that she can prevent this thing from happening again because the reason she's in the hospital is because she she wasn't following her nutrition protocols well enough. And now she I'm having to sit there with her in her suffering while she's getting these wounds that will not heal cleaned out. And she's in an obscene amount of pain. And I just, I just I sit there and I try to talk to her. And I'm essentially just functioning as a distraction for her. Because she's just looking at me and just desperation is just literally tearing out of her eyes and she's just hoping that I can give her some hope or something that's going to help her and I did this this is the information she needed it's not going to like the end all be all but it is a critical factor in her not coming back and I left just like it's almost sick to my stomach because I know that I know that she needs somebody with her and she needs more of this right like she needs somebody who can be with her day you know check in with her every week make sure that she's staying on her diet make sure that she's doing the things that she needs to do in terms of health and nutrition and i was heartbroken because she's gonna have to go through that again the next day you know and she might not have a distraction and it got me thinking like there's how many people are out in the country and the world that if they had the information that I had and if they could hear it from me or somebody else or if they could if I could reach them before they ended up in either of those two patient spots how much suffering could be alleviated from the world right how many families would still have loved ones with them how many people would not have to get uh, would not develop non-healing wounds. How many fathers would be able to walk their daughters down the aisle and play with their grandchildren and see their sons become strong, proud, honorable Marines and, you know, just live life. You know, how many people would be able to continue to be there for their families if they knew how the importance of taking care of their health? And, you know, I, I walked out of there like just sad sad and just like uh, like heartbroken for these people because of how much 
suffering they're going through. But I also knew I'm doing what I'm meant to do. It's not necessarily in the hospital, but it's 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 beforehand so I can prevent people from ever having to need to go to the hospital in the first place. Like this is my destiny for the foreseeable future is to help people, whether it be with nutrition, whether it be with fitness, whether it be with their mentality, actually accomplish some nutrition and fitness. If I can impact people to the point where they never have to go into the hospital in the first place, that is what I am meant to do on this world. That is why I'm here. And it's it's honestly, it's going to suck because I'm going to have to sit with a lot of people in a lot of suffering. And I'm going to have to tell them, it's like, look, I hate to tell this, but this is your fault. But the good news is that while it's your fault, you also have the responsibility and the capability to get yourself out of this so that it doesn't happen again. And in fact, so that it never happens in the first place. To catch it early enough so that people never have to end up in the hospital wondering, contemplating their life and death and whether or not they're going to be able to walk their kids down the aisle or have to have somebody literally poke and prod into open wounds while you're laying in a hospital bed and there's absolutely nothing that you can do because you're so sick that your body can't heal itself. I can be a person who can prevent that from happening. I can help reach people before they get to that point so that they never have to see that in the first place. And it's just, as horrible as it was that day to watch those patients, I knew that this is what I'm here to do. I have my purpose. And I've always kind of known this is roughly what it's going to be of something with health and wellness. But being in there with those patients set it in stone. And I, I'm so blessed to know that. But I know so many of you guys and other people don't know what their reason, their God-given purpose is on this planet. Why are we here? What is the point of my existence, right? Because if we don't know the point and everything is ex as existential and nothing matters, then why the fuck are we living? Why not just end it all and just be done, right? Like, there's a war in Ukraine going on and there's potential for World War Three. Financially, is getting more and more difficult than anything, right? Like, there seems to be more division on every single conceivable metric than there ever has been before. And nobody is willing to listen to anybody to actually try and solve the problem. And if anything, it seems that there's a lot of people in power who are actually trying to make the problems worse for their own gain. And I just can't sit by and, like, just believe that there is no purpose for us right like whether you're religious or not whether you believe jesus christ died for your sins or not whether you have a god or not i firmly believe that there is a purpose for all of us we all have a reason for being on this planet so how do, how do we like find that reason right like how do we and i don't necessarily think finding is the right word to describe it i think part of that is uh, uncover, right? Like I think it's it's within us. I think also part of that, another one that's really good is is to build, right? Is to forge a purpose for yourself. And this is kind of partly like what I think, uh, like why I found my purpose and what makes it the actual like what makes it a purpose, not just a job. And also listening to a lot of really successful people talk about how they knew their purpose was their purpose. And I think there's like three kind of requ three requirements 
for there to be for a purpose to really be a purpose. And one of those is you have to have a problem to solve, right? Whether that's getting a, a customer a product, whether that's you know helping someone through a pain and suffering, or like whatever it is, there's a problem to be solved. And there's the second part, which is you have the skill set to solve that problem, right? I had the skill set to solve those patients' problems with their dietary uh, recommendations that could literally save their lives, right? And then three, there are people who need you and your skill set to solve their problem, right? There are people to help. And when we have these three tenants, right, we can we have our purpose and we can actually execute on our purpose. But so what what if we what do we do if we don't know what that purpose is, right? So when we have our purpose, you know, we want it to have those three. We have a problem to solve, a skill set to des- to develop, and people to help. But how do we go about building or discovering that purpose? And there's two two people that I think do it really really good. One is Gary V, and he his method is just Go out and try a whole bunch of stuff. Get decently good at it. Get basic proficiency at it. And then if you do that and you get proficiency and you realize you're not that good or it's not what you want it to do or it's not what you thought it was, go do something else and do the same thing. And then there's Bedros Koulian, who is actually an immigrant to the U.S. He now runs Fit Body Boot Camp. And he he also runs The Project, uh, which is for men who want to get more out of life. And the dude's been uber successful, literally came from being really, really rich in Armenia to being dirt broke here in America and has now built generational wealth for his family. And his whole thing is you have to build your purpose from the ground up. And I think what he means by that is like, well, some people would be like, well, what the heck do I build? What do I build? How do I know what I'm supposed to build, right? And I think there's a good way to kind of judge that. And it's the question I asked earlier, what would you do with your time if money was not an object, right? And it's not just sitting on the beach, but what if you could do anything, how would you want to spend your time if you had no financial needs for it if you didn't have to get paid right like money wasn't an object what would you do with your time right because i think and this is really good because all of us want to benefit whether it just be our family or like we want to have some higher level purpose and people who say they don't i think they just they're struggling so much just to meet their own needs that they can't think outside of that so if you didn't have if your needs were all met and they always would be what would you do i think that's a great place to start I think another one, this is how I really got into dietetics and nutrition, was what do you have a natural affinity for, right? Do you feel like you're good with people? Do you want to help people in terms of their health? Do you want to help people in terms of their, you know, their finances, their mental well-being? Do you like building things, right? Like, are you an engineer? Do you like fixing things? Do you like working on cars and want to be a mechanic? Do you want to defend the country? Do you want to be a soldier, right? Like, do you want to educate people and be a teacher or like do you want to create something and give it to somebody and have it you know elicit an emotional response and mean something to them when they buy it from you like what is that natural affinity that if you weren't getting paid that you could do for the rest of your life 
and this doesn't necessarily have to be like a job. A job would be great, but maybe you can have your purpose be fulfilled by volunteer work, right? Or going and working in a boys and girls club. Maybe that's your purpose. You know, like our purpose doesn't have to be how we get paid. If it can be, I think that's like the ultimate perfect ideal, but maybe you're not in a situation where that works. Or being we do have bills to pay and we you do need money. Maybe your purpose isn't one that is monetarily able to be capitalized on right like it's just a volunteer opportunity like you love feeding the homeless people at the soup shelter you can't make money off that as far as i'm aware but if that's your purpose maybe you work your nine to five and then every night you go and you volunteer as much time as you can there or if it's my dad his a lot of times his purpose i think is going to aa meetings and helping other alcoholics find sobriety he loves that he goes like three to one at least one meeting every day if not multiple meetings every day because that's where he finds fulfillment and joy in his life i think you know so take both of those you're like what do you what is your natural affinity and it's kind of like the call to action i have for you guys search your heart for something that you have a natural affinity for right and then you know start by asking yourself what would i do if money was not an object, if I never had to worry about my own personal needs again, how would I spend my time? What would I want to be doing? And then go out and try as many things in that arena as you can. And it once you get basically proficient at it, if you realize this ain't quite what you want, go move on to the next thing. Right? Half of the part of it is is actually finding your purpose. You know, that's a huge part of the journey. It, you're not going to find it today or tomorrow or right away, but go and find it, look for it, and then go out and chase it. If you don't, if it, you don't find it right away, try again, try again, right? Like I don't want to lay on my deathbed knowing I gave up too early, knowing I gave up and I could have found my purpose if I just stuck with it for a couple more months or if I just tried this one thing and if I didn't just settle for the job. So guys, don't settle, try things, reflect, and listen to your own heart. All right, so that's my call to action for you guys. That's what I want you to do. The last part of today's episode is a recipe, right, or something you can put into your mouth or your body that's going to benefit you because one of the most actionable areas we have to take control and elicit discipline in our life to actually help us earn a good day, day in and day out, is what we put in our face hole And today is not necessarily going to be about food, but it's going to be about my pre-workout stack. All right. And pre-workouts are a huge game changer. They're really expensive for a lot of them, like 50, 60 bucks a container to get a good one. But man, you get that good one and that pump is redonkulous, right? Like you just feel good. You're getting more energy out of your mind is sharp. Your body's sharp. You feel you can go forever and that pump is gnarly. All right, well, your boy kind of can't afford all those really good pre-workouts. If I would, I'd recommend either First Forms, Project One, or Megawatt. They're redonkulous, and I mean fucking redonkulous. I have never not growled in my workout because I'm getting so into it. Like It brings on animalistic behavior. Anyways, what I have been doing uh, is I've been taking... Basically, I do a nitric oxide precursor, 
supplement, and then I do a B vitamin complex. So I take L-arginine and L-citrulline, about 1,000 milligrams of both, uh, sometimes 1,500, depending on how gnarly I want the pump to be. And both of those, basically their whole job is to vasodilate, get more blood flow to the working areas, and which means more blood flow means a better pump, which means more nutrients, which means more energy, which means overall a better workout. This does work for running and help your lung, your legs uh, get more oxygen to the muscles. And then I take a B-complex vitamin or B-complex. And the reason I take a B-complex is because B vitamins are critically important in our energy production pathway. So in glycolysis, in the Krebs cycle, in the electron transport chain, we need B vitamins, whether we're burning glucose, sugar, or we're burning fat. Okay, And we use both of them. But regardless of our fuel source, we need B vitamins to actually break them down and to stock the fire so we can get the energy out of those nutrients. So I do those too. I do a pump, something for the pump, and I do something for the, the energy. And I don't add caffeine because lately I work out at night and I like to sleep. And if I take a, a whole lot of caffeine in the evening, then I'm not going to bed and I have enough issues sleeping enough as is that I don't want to add to it. So guys, that is the episode. Um, go out, just search your heart as to what you think you would do if you weren't going to get paid. Go try something in that arena. Get proficient at it. And if it's not that, go try something else until you find what really clicks with you. And I think, guys, I think once you've found it, you'll know it in your heart. It's going to make you excited. You're going to know that you're solving people's problems and that you're making a difference in the world. And you just feel right doing it. And then... You know, guys, so that's that. If you found this useful, I really ask that you just implement it in your life. Go out and search for your purpose. If you think somebody else needs to hear this because you've already found your purpose, share the show with them, right? Like, I want to reach as many people as possible so that as many people as possible can live better, more fulfilled, happier, you know, more positive and more impactful lives as I can. So with that, guys, go out, kick some ass, but most importantly, earn your good day.